0: The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network beginning tomorrow at 1.30. The Zone will count you down to the start of the college football season as Hans and Scotty will announce the first selection of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM and the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Mike, good morning. Good morning,
1: boys. How are you?
0: Good. Mike, we have an important question for you as a guy who played for the Clippers, broadcast for the Clippers, lived in LA. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Basketball fan etiquette. Can jazz yeah. fans chant beat LA during this series, or that's <laughs> a Laker Dodger thing, and the Clippers and Angels don't get to
1: get in on that? Oh, my goodness. That we battled that for years, right? Uh, being a Clipper Clipper player, I didn't know much about it, right? Like uh, growing up here in LA, I did grow up in LA, so maybe 15 minutes away. Uh, but for the last 30 years, I've lived an hour away. So I don't know to put it in Utah geography. I grew up in let's say Holiday, kind of to Salt Lake, and now I live in Provo to LA if that makes sense. And so yeah, they will forever the Clippers be, you know, the um, the little brother basically. I could say it in another way that probably wouldn't be appropriate, but I mean they're forever going to battle those 17 titles the Lakers have and I guess if they were to get this far and win it this year, I guess that'd be the first first chance to start to rewrite history or go forward, but I mean, just think about it. In this town, everybody and their father and their grandfather and their great-grandfather is a Laker fan or a Dodger fan. So the Clippers have done well to grab what attention they have. And most of their fans, I think, that have turned are of the younger generation, right, with, with some of their players, Kawhi and Paul George. But uh, this, is, this is a Laker and Dodger town. I think it always will be.
2: Okay, can the Clippers, or have they been able to use that to their advantage in any way?
1: They've tried. You know, they've tried. They've been able to go get a popular coach in Doc Rivers, and they were able to make a great move for a Chris Paul to join a Blake Griffin, who they, you know, stumbled upon as the first pick in the draft, and they had their chances then. Um but it's going to take more than one title it's going to take you know it's going to take a little bit of a dynasty almost like a warriors run to really divide this city and but they're trying they're doing their best you know they've changed the logos they've made them more modern and i don't know it's it's just it's almost an unfair fight right i don't think they'll ever ever be able to do it the lakers just look at the lakers top 10 players of all time like, like the Lakers have <laughs> ten of the greatest twenty players of all time have played for their franchise, and so the Lakers did themselves no favors this year, right? And by the way, PK, it's nice to hear your voice because after last last week's Alameda Harrington golf event, I can now put a name with the face. I can now picture you. This is this cool?
2: Yeah, you probably didn't recognize how good looking I am.
1: Exactly true. And, and uh, you know, uh, by the way, DJ talks so authoritatively. I always thought he was the better looking of the two. But now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have visual evidence.
2: Well, that's the great thing about me is my greatness is equal to my humility.
1: <laughs> it should be fun tonight, right?
0: Well, I'm curious what you think here. One matchup to watch, one thing to watch for. You could probably watch five things at once. You've watched enough film in your life, enough basketball. But for Jazz fans, give them one thing to watch that will have a major impact on who wins or loses this game.
1: It's hard to just pick one, right? But, but like, the, the, the Clippers have, I mean, they really have length and athleticism at the wing spot like no other team in the league can put on Donovan and Bogey and Joe. So I'm talking about Paul George, Kawhi, and even Nicholas Batum. And so they have three guys, and those three guys I just mentioned are all eight. They all have long wingspans. They're all known for their defensive abilities. Uh, I think the Batum thing is overrated, but he is long. And in the NBA, the NBA in the last 10 years loves length, and they love these athletic guys like a Pascal Siakam, who they can turn into an offensive player because they have these physical God-given abilities that make them long and anomalies. And so they can put those three guys on the Jazz defenders. And so what you're going to see, I really believe, because the Clippers did this to the Mavericks, is they went to small lineups and they switched all pick-and-rolls, they switched all come-togethers, they're going to switch any go-bear screen-and-roll action and eliminate the immediate impact of the dribbler. It's my opinion. Um... And so there are teams who tried to do this a little bit to the to the jazz this year. And for a quarter or so, they they befuddled the jazz. The Rockets did it once or twice with a really small lineup. Washington gave them fits. even Phoenix would take Ayton out of the lineup and kind of go small and you know have Booker and Mikhail Bridges and these longer crowd or these longer wing defense, everything and eliminate. You can picture it, right? You can picture Ingles and how much advantage he typically has off a of go bear screen set and you know then Joe getting a little advantage going left which is either a drive and a kick or a lob to Rudy or his little left handed layup and so that's that's one thing to watch for is that small lineup but to counter that and the thing to watch for this is the one thing I would say that really is the key to the series other than the jazz shooting I feel like Conley when healthy will deliver I feel like Clarkson will deliver and Mitchell's going to deliver because they're that good. If Bogey, Ingles, O'Neal, Nyang, those four, shoot well. Let's just say shoot their averages in the series, the Jazz will win. But the matchup for me is Gobert on the offensive end. Whoever they guard him with. If they guard him big with Zubac or if they go small, Ibaka here is out tonight but uh, may be ready for other games. But if they guard him with a smaller guy, or even if they do the switching I'm talking about, and Gobert has to roll. He has to roll with authority. And then DJ and PK, he's got to catch in traffic. Catch in traffic, keep it high, get fouled or finish. That, to me, is the one key that just has to happen. I feel like the rest is going to take place. The Jazz are good enough, feeling a good enough momentum. They're not going to be bothered too much by the Clippers' length per se, if Gobert becomes that that factor. So I'd say that's – I feel like he'll deliver on defense. But on offense, if Rudy is strong and tough and catching lobs and finishing, um, I think that the series swings the Jazz way.
2: So what I'm hearing from you, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, even with the Clippers' length and their ability to cover space and all, offensively from the Jazz, don't really change anything. Keep doing what you're doing.
1: You have to. Right. You, you, you can't, you can't reinvent the wheel at this point. There's, there's a reason you're the number one record in the league. And there's a reason you played so well. And there's a reason you blow through Memphis. Listen, Donovan, right before our very eyes is becoming as good as anybody on that other side of the floor. Yeah. Like he is right. Is look at his career playoff average. I think it's like 26, 27, five, maybe for his career. That's incredible. That's number six all time in the history of the game for anybody who's played more than, you know, maybe 25 playoff games. And if you go back just the last two years, he's at 33-5. So you can't tell me that in the last two years, those two teams that the Jazz played didn't have defenses designed to stop him, too. So I feel like Donovan is not only coming of age, he's there. Right. And whatever questions about his ankle were unanswered last series are now answered, right? He's healthy, he's gotta feel that. He would have been the only one who would have been a little hesitant, okay, can I do this? Can I jump? Can I cut? Those answers are all those questions are all answered now. He's ready to go. His shot looks unbelievable. And yeah, PK I feel like they're they don't need to change. There may be a minor tweak or two, right, that Quinn's gonna implement to foil, you know, what switches they do. When somebody switches the pick and roll, you then fake the pick and dive or release or slip the pick so that you always keep them guessing, right? Because if they're just sitting on the screens and waiting up high, like they're going to jump out and stop the dribbler from going right or left, the guy coming to set the pick, if it's Gobert, it's not always Gobert, but if he comes, he slips that pick two steps before he gets to the pick. And all of a sudden the defense then reacts There's a kick in from the weak side and then a quick ball reversal and you got open three. So the beauty about basketball and the pick and roll, the oldest play in the world is no matter how you decide to defend it, there's a counter for it. So there'll be those little tweaks, but the jazz are the jazz. And the jazz are good enough to win it all. And so we've been saying that all year, if they play well, shoot well, which is their method, then they got a chance and, Uh, I think it's so stinking cool to be one of the final eight teams in the league and have a chance.
0: So the two-man game, the pick-and-roll is ancient, and Jazz fans have watched Stockton and Malone run it. They watched Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer run it. Now they're watching the Jazz run it with Gobert and a whole host of actors. But the thing they've been doing also is where they turn the pick-and-roll into a three-man game. And sometimes it's a double screen for the – the guy with the ball, but sometimes the two people coming to set a screen actually screen for each other, and somebody dives the hoop. There's a billion options off it. Is that three-man game and Gobert diving out of that that you just referenced, is there a way for them to use that to go get Gobert an easy bucket once a quarter, really keep the Clippers guessing, which then makes you think, which makes you react slower, which means no matter how athletic you are, you're playing a half-step slower than you normally do. Is there something in that three-man game? You mentioned grouping, coming together. Is there something in that where they can throw something at the Clippers that keeps the Clippers off balance?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, in in, in this case, think about it. To prepare for round two, uh, I mean, the Jazz have about the same amount of time as they had to prepare for round one, even though that'll – whole week off because they didn't know who they were playing around one. Uh, I guess they've now known for two days, but they would have been preparing for both defenses, right? They, they knew at this point Clippers or Mavs. I will say this in that Mav series, I was screaming at the TV for Rick Carlisle to use Maranovic more because he was effective. That size on those roles was effective and poor Luka Doncic. I mean, Guys, is that guy any good or what? He's the best 22-year-old in the world. He has he Larry Bird at 22. He's Magic at 22. He's LeBron at 22. This guy is so far advanced intellectually in his basketball IQ that it's a shame he doesn't have any good players with him. Porzingis is terrible. He can't do anything. Hardaway tries, but he's average. The other cast of characters on Dallas, come on. If you're more Cuban than Dallas, don't you trade the farm and every future draft pick you have right now to go get a wing score to help him. Go get Bradley Beal. Go get some wing score to help. Luka is that good right now. No draft pick you get is going to catch up to the level of uh, a Luka Doncic. And so the NBA's changed, right? You, you draft guys, you develop them. Um, the NBA is kinda of like win now. Brooklyn's proving it. The Lakers proved it last year. The Jazz are like this old school great franchise that's so successful because they're so well coached and they draft so well and they develop so well that they're competitive every year that they do it in spite of being able, able to get a high draft pick or a significant free agent yet. The trade for Conley's brilliant. The bogey get is awesome. You gotta say hats off to the Jazz. Now let bring that whole Luca thing up is because I was just screaming for Marjanovic to get more time because he needed another option in there. Basically, he was playing one on five. So it's a long way of answering, yes, Rudy's roles are important. Again, he's got to catch and be strong. But, yeah, whatever preparation Quinn can do. uh, When I was Clipper broadcaster, they kind of developed this little double high screen for Chris Paul. And so Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan would come up, if you can imagine this, they would come up the lanes. So they had corner shooter, corner shooter, Chris Paul, 35 feet away, straight up. They would bring up DeAndre and Blake Griffin up the sides of the free throw lane. They would come to the top of the key and almost form a little V. So now they're setting a screen right and a screen left at the same time for Chris Paul. And Chris Paul would dance and then choose one way and then they would alternate which one would roll. So sometimes the strong side guy, whichever way Chris went, that guy would roll. And the other guy would go to the top of the key and get a facilitator, or they would reverse it, which worked really well when they would throw the ball to Blake at the foul line because he was such a great deliver on lobs and kickouts. So there's there's many things you can do when you involve a, a second picker. Those second picker can be in line, too, horizontally across the court. Here comes Gobert. He rolls. Now... Conley's going left. He's got a little advantage, but they switched it. He's got a big defender. Boom, here comes the wing shooter to set the next pick. And so it's it's going to be fun. I mean, you talk about chess match, and, you know, Tyronn Lue's got a championship. So he's one of seven coaches in the league who's got a title. So he's, he's no dummy on the other side, but a lot of faith in Quinn and Alex and their staff and what they'll do. And, you know, I can't wait. Although I'm stuck in California, what the heck? <laughs> we, we 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 should be we should be live in you know, a pregame and a postgame. I know we can't compete with the national for the actual game, but man, that would be fun to get get people watching a little Mike and Lemma pregame and Mike and Lemma and Thurl and Bowler postgame and anyway. I hear you. I digress. Are you, are you ever in fear that you ask me one question and I go too, much, too long?
2: No, we go to 10 o'clock. <laughs> it was like 9.58. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> but, but at 8.50, I'm okay. We got time. We'll
0: roll with it. We'll adjust. I assume that this is going to be a long series. The Clippers got Paul George, and they got uh, Kawhi Leonard, and they've played three playoff series, and they've had a six-gamer and two sevens. So I assume this is going to be long. It's the only thing they've done is play long series. Are you assuming this is six or seven?
1: I do, yeah. I do, yeah. The Jazz are good enough, and I would think Vegas has the Jazz as the favorites. I don't. Like, know those things or look at those things. You guys might be aware of those things. Uh, I think home court's going to be a huge part of this series. Uh, To this point, they have not opened up Staples Center uh, like they have Vivint. And I know we're going to increase capacity uh, for round two. So the place is going to be rocking. That's, you know, that's five points a home game, in my opinion. Those things matter those things really help your ancillary players. So call them your non superstars, you know, George Niang and Royce O'Neill, uh, bogey. Those guys are going to shoot with greater ease and flow under the home confines than they might on the road. And people say, Oh, come on, Mike, those are pros. And that doesn't matter where they play, but yeah, yeah it kind of does matter a little bit, not to the stars usually, but to the other players. Sometimes that's just that extra little boost of confidence they need and, that little roar of the crowd, the anticipation, that awe, that collective awe in the air when the guys open for three, the ball swung, and here's Yang pulling up, and you can just hear that crowd. It almost helps you hold your follow-through a little better. I know that sounds almost too analytical and too deep, but it's actually true. You can feel it. Um, And the Clipper Stadium is not... You know, I don't know how many they've had, but I see a lot of paper cutouts on one side of the floor, which to me is super odd that the way they've configured their stadium for this minimized seating doesn't have the actual fans on the side that the camera would show because that would look like there were people there and maybe feel like a better advantage. But, but I don't know that they've made any announcements for, you know, their two home games in three and four if they're going to increase capacity. But I think six or seven. For sure. I think you're spot on. Well, as
0: always, we appreciate the t- time, Mike. We're sorry you're stuck in California, but you don't know, have to go to the beach and make the best of it.
1: <laughs> it is nice weather here, but you got nice weather this time of year. It's colder here, that's for sure. You guys are, what, 9 o'clock there? It's probably warming up to 85 degrees, right? And yeah. here it's still 55.
0: Ocean breezes, you got them.
2: It's now yeah. 77 in my location on the phone.
1: <laughs> All right, boy. Let's, let's, let's go get game one. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's the tone.
0: Well, if Quinn puts me in, I'll do what I can.
1: <laughs> Same here. I'll be cheering from afar.
0: All right. Thanks, Mike. Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for at and Sportsnet. Join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Andy Bailey, NBA Analyst and Writer for Bleacher Report, is coming up in about 10 minutes. Stay with us.